It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you find your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me. On Twitter, at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. We finally made it. Thank you. The heavens. As I've told y'all, I love the actual football part of football. It's fun to talk about what a player might look like, if they can add this player via trade or the draft or free agency, what that might do for Carolina. But football season, when we're actually here, this is my favorite time, of course, to do the podcast. Like It's not like the NBA, where the only thing that really matters is what's happening during free agency. No, the games. That's what matters here in the NFL. That's what I'm fired up about. I'm Thank God we finally made it training camp it's great to have the content to have something to actually talk about and watch and see but it's also boring the fake quarterback competition Matt Rule not giving Icky the starting left tackle job until after he played one game in the preseason like oh all those storylines they get old they get tired now we get new storylines week in and week out as Carolina Panthers prepare for 18-week, 17 games, to hopefully in year three of Matt Rule, who I'm believing in the rule of three. His third year, back at Baylor and Temple, I get it, it was college. That's when you saw the leap. They stunk year one. Last year was a massive disappointment after a 3-0 start, but the defense was one of the best in the league. And now they're going to hopefully go from good to great this year, and we'll talk more about how we need to see that this upcoming weekend against the Browns and that rushing attack. I think this is the year. Scott Fitter has done a great job building this roster. The defense should once again be phenomenal. They've upgraded at quarterback. Wide receiver is deep. Probably the deepest wide receiver unit we may have ever seen here in Carolina. Fingers crossed Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy this season. And at long last, the Carolina Panthers have a left tackle and probably the best offensive line unit on paper entering a season since 2017, which coincidentally was the last time the Carolina Panthers went to the playoffs. Let's start off the show by talking about Baker Mayfield. This is going to be the story all week about Baker versus Cleveland and him being able to get his revenge Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock, 
against the Cleveland Browns at Bank of America Stadium. That is going to be the talk. Last week, we had the non-traversy of, what's her face, um, from NFL Network, of Cynthia Freeland, who was on the Around the NFL podcast, talking about how she went up to Baker following the Bills game on that preseason finale on that Friday night, and just saying, hey, go get him this year. And he said, allegedly, according to her, yeah, I'm going to F them up as far as the Browns go. Then she reverses course and says, no, maybe Baker didn't really say that. And Baker said, I never said that at all. Either way, all that did was add fuel to the fire heading into this week of Baker versus the Browns. It's the second year in a row the Panthers have a new quarterback who was playing against his former team in week one. Last year, we tried to do the whole revenge game thing with Sam Darnold. Let's be honest with ourselves. And unfortunately for Sam, things did not work out here in Carolina or in New York. But Sam Darnold, after three seasons in New York, was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL during that period of time. Joe Douglas, general manager up there in New York, did not draft him. Robert Sala, the head coach in New York, did not draft him. They had every right to move on with the number two overall pick and go draft someone like Zach Wilson. We'll see in time if that works out for them, but the New York Jets had every right to do that. And Sam Darnold's play did not really dictate that it should be viewed as a revenge game. Maybe for Robbie Anderson, not getting a deal up there in New York from Joe Douglas. I can understand that for, um, from his perspective as a revenge game. And he had that 57-yard link up in the second quarter against the Jets with Sam a year ago. But this is totally different. Especially when you think about the two personalities. Sam, Cali cool, laid back kind of guy. You're not going to get that macho bravado and you're not going to get the trash talk that you're getting from Baker Mayfield. He brings that edginess to position that we have with Cam, that we have with Jake DeLome. And I think a lot of people, myself included, have missed that from the quarterback position. Yes, you want your quarterback to conduct himself in a certain manner as far as reining it in, and Baker, at some point in time, has not been able to do that in his NFL career. But this is the best version of Baker Mayfield, the one who feels slighted. And it's hard to look at him as an underdog when he's a Heisman Trophy winner and the first overall pick. Well, you go back to where he was coming out of high school. Being a true freshman walk-on starter at Texas Tech. Cliff Kingsbury saying, I'd rather have Davis Webb go away. Then walking on at OU and to take that job and get that team in the playoffs for two, two years out of three years as a starter up there, Baker Mayfield was the ultimate underdog. And that's when he performed at his best. And now, here in Carolina, with all the money, his career basically on the line, I think he'll get other opportunities as a backup after this season. But if he wants to be a starter in the National Football League, it all starts on Sunday against Cleveland. Baker's not giving us the fodder that we want as far as the quotes. Freeland gave us that. Whether that happened or not, I don't know. Baker said he didn't say it. I'm going to trust him. He is not going to give the media anything that we want to hear as far as how he feels about Cleveland. But he already did tell us a couple weeks ago that obviously this is personal. This means something. I'm not going to act like a robot. And we're going to see that Sunday afternoon when Baker Mayfield is out there on that field, when he's playing against Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, and he's playing against his former teammates in Cleveland, he's looking across the sideline at a coach in Kevin Stefanski who clearly did not trust him and did not want him anymore. And in the booth, there's a, a general manager, Andrew Barry, who did not want him anymore. An organization that sat here and said that they wanted an adult in the room, and then they brought in Deshaun Watson, accused all the things that we all know he was accused of. So Baker Mayfield has every right to be upset about how things ended in Cleveland. But he also has a lot to prove. Because while the Cleveland Browns gave him the fifth-year option and it made plenty of sense for them to do that after that 2020 season, particularly the second half of that 2020 season, where Baker was excellent and helped them beat Pittsburgh and damn near close to an AFC title game, he still has a ways to go to prove that he is 
a franchise quarterback, that he is the guy. We know he's better than Sam Darnold. We know he can play at an average, sometimes above average level. It's about finding that consistency. And it all starts on Sunday against Cleveland at Bank of America Stadium. If Baker Mayfield wants to prove that here in Carolina, it's just not a one-year thing. That it can be a 10-year thing. That he can be the guy to lead a parade down Tryon. And that he can be the guy to hoist Lombardi Trophy. Because that's why he's here. He's not here just for week one to beat Cleveland. He's not here just for week two against New York. He's hoping to be here for the next 10-plus years in Carolina. So the emotion of Sunday is, of course, the storyline. But really, it's the first step in Baker Mayfield, hopefully for himself and a lot of us here in Carolina, showing that he is the guy long-term at the quarterback position. Now, the defense was fantastic. Excellent at times last season, but they had one bugaboo. It was stopping the run. We saw it later on in the season as the wear and tear and attrition of the season led to a lot of injuries. Carolina Panthers are going to go up against one of the best rushing teams in the NFL on Sunday. Why it's important to see early on this defense go from good to great. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. The NFL season starts on Thursday night as the Super Bowl defending champion Los Angeles Rams host the Buffalo Bills. And then on Sunday, your Carolina Panthers back home against the Cleveland Browns. And what that means is fantasy football is back and fantasy sports as a whole is back and my favorite place to go is prize picks so how does prize picks work pick up the two to five players and if their score is more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch this includes the nfl the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Literally every single sport you can use with prize picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and up there to our northern friends in Canada. You can also use it as well. So this is what you need to do. Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. So if you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100 at pricepix.com and on the PricePix app. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule said back when training camp was starting down in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on the campus of Wofford College, that he wanted to see the defense go from good to great. 
Now, that was confusing to a few people, considering that the defense was about the only positive thing about the Carolina Panthers last season in that disappointing 5-12 and season where they lost the final seven games of the year after starting off 3-0. and And some of us thinking that, damn, this defense might never get scored upon. And maybe Sam Darnold can be the comeback player of the year. Looking good. But that's not how things turned out. But, of course, the confusion was, okay, good, the great, well, they were second in team defense last year. They were one of the best pass defensing defensive teams in the league. Like, how much better can they really get, Matt? After your first year, they weren't great. They were a top 10 defense in the final seven weeks of the season, but they were off the bat amazing last year. Well, there were some issues. 30th in red zone defense, not great against the run. Not to me, takeaways only, tw- what, they were 26 in the league in takeaways a year ago. More takeaways, get off the field in the red zone, stop giving up touchdowns, and of course be better against the run. And if you look at the numbers, Carolina actually wasn't that bad, comparatively speaking, to the rest of the league. Like They were eighth ranked when it comes to yards per play, um, as far as yards per attempt when it comes to rushing defense. And then overall rushing defense, they were 18th, which is middle of the road in the NFL. But we saw the Dallas game. We saw what happened against New England. We, we saw how some of these teams ran all over Carolina, Minnesota included. It's hard to get that out of your head. Like, nine times a year ago, they gave 100-plus yards. Eight times a year ago, they held opponents under 100 yards. It was either they got gashed or they were a stone wall. Like, early on in the season when they're giving up 40 yards rushing per game, to the Jets and the Saints. Like, they were dominant at times against the run. We're going to spend a lot of time this week talking about Baker Mayfield, like we just let off the show. And that's going to be the key storyline to everyone nationwide. And, of course, locally, that's going to draw a lot of attention. But to me, the key to Carolina Panthers winning this game on Sunday against Cleveland, against a backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett, is being able to stop Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So these seven players are the key to the game on Sunday. Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Matt Ioannidis, Etor Grossmatos, Damian Wilson, Frankie Louvu, and Shaq Thompson. You can probably throw in Jeremy Chin as well to help stop the run. That front seven has to be better. The Browns are down to their third team center. It's usually, it's been a good offensive line. They've leaned on the run, especially play action back when they had Baker. We know the formula that the Browns used under Kevin Stefanski the last two years. If the Carolina Panthers want to have success, and really start from going from good to great, they need to hold Cleveland to under 100 yards on Sunday and put this game on Jacoby Brissett's arm. Brissett has shown he's a capable backup. You can go through a season with him, but don't expect to be a playoff team. He's got to go through the first 11 weeks, and the hope for Cleveland is he'll keep him alive in the AFC North. But on Sunday, Carolina needs to make sure that it's on Brissett, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, and David Bell. Does that scare you? Yeah, Harrison Bryant, the tight end, and David Njoku will be a part of the passing game. But as far as those receivers, Cooper, Peoples-Jones, Swartz-Bell versus C.J. Henderson, Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, who has the advantage? Carolina has the advantage. And because they have three corners that are that good, it's going to allow Phil Snow to do some sick kind of stuff defensively as far as the run blitzes and the pass rush and all the looks he can show Stefanski and teams this upcoming season here in Carolina. Like, the Panthers 
defense has to be able to stop the run if they want to win this game on Sunday. Through weeks 11 through 16 last year when they started getting gashed, they gave 141 yards per game rushing in those games. And looking at Cleveland a year ago, they were fourth in the NFL in rushing. So they were top 10 unit. Against top 10 units last season, the Panthers gave up 245 against Dallas, gave over 100 yards against New England, over 100 yards against Buffalo. All three of those, as we know, were losses. Philly, who was the top rushing team in the league, didn't do much all offensively all day until that fourth quarter when they started to run the ball. Carolina held them under 100 yards rushing, but Philadelphia still won that game. Arizona on the road in that win when P.J. Walker had to start Cam Newton, made his return to Carolina. Those two touchdowns in his first two touches, Carolina held Arizona under 100 yards rushing. So one in four last year against top 10 rushing teams. And the only win, of course, coming on the road against Arizona when they held him under 100 rushing yards, and they absolutely should have beat Philadelphia a year ago. That does not necessarily lead you to think that Carolina is going to have success against Cleveland on Sunday, considering how they played a year ago. But Ionitis, Brown, Grossmanos especially, those three guys have to, be star- have to be stout in the middle of that interior of the defense on Sunday afternoon for the Carolina Panthers to win. Like We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Baker. That's all well and good. What Baker can do against Cleveland, hopefully he cooks their ass. But really, after the first quarter, when the emotions are going to come down, and you're going to level and you got to go out there and execute, it's going to come down to how the Carolina Panthers front seven plays against that Cleveland Browns offensive line and how, if they can tackle Nick Chubb. Because the linebacker core especially, since Luke Keekley left, has been atrocious, especially at middle linebacker. Jermaine Carter Jr., fine last year, not good enough. To hear Whitehead in 2020, Terrible. Damian Wilson, you got to be great. Frankie Louvu, your opportunity to finally be a starter. You earned the job. You took someone's job. Go out there and show it. Shaq Thompson, I'm not necessarily concerned about him. But one guy who I'm absolutely going to challenge is Brian Burns. Let's be honest. Brian Burns, really good pass rusher. Pretty bad against the run. Not great against the run. If there's any sort of weakness he has in his game, it's stopping the run. As one of the leaders on this defense, one of the leaders on this team, I'm challenging him especially to go out there and to perform well against the run and get these guys on the ground all day on Sunday afternoon. So Baker, that's great. But this defense is going to take that next step. It starts Sunday afternoon stopping the run against Cleveland because that's the only way, unless Baker throws like three pick sixes, that the Cleveland Browns are going to win this game, a game that Carolina absolutely should win. And looking at the schedule ahead, The Carolina Panthers have a great opportunity to get off to a good start. We've already talked about them starting off 3-0, but just looking at the schedule and what's after the first couple weeks, man, it makes it even more important that they they take care of business on Sunday afternoon. We'll talk about that more here in Locked On Panthers in just a moment. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's no doubt there's going to be a ton of Cleveland Browns fans in the stadium come Sunday afternoon. My hope is that more of us are in there. 
I had a friend who was talking to me about how he lives up in D.C.'s Browns fans. I went, hey, I might come down for the Browns game. Like, okay, you can do that. But I also asked you not to do that. We need to paint that stadium black and blue on Sunday. So if you got tickets, hold on to them. Go to the game. Also, if you have tickets, you want to sell them. That's within your own right. You know, maybe just give it to a, t- a fan of the actual Carolina Panthers. Looking at the game on Sunday, aside from the Baker storyline and what's going on, the Panthers defense and trying to stop the run game, like Jacoby Brissett, as we know, is a backup quarterback. He's filling in for the first 11 games of the season for Deshaun Watson. Whenever he comes back, apparently he should be, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, apparently should be week 13 against his former team, the Houston Texans. Anytime in the NFL you're playing against a backup quarterback, you should win that game. Like last year when Carolina played against a backup quarterback, and we'll call uh, Davis Webb that, not Davis Webb, but uh, Davis Mills that, they got after him. When they played against Colt McCoy in Arizona, they got after him. Anytime you play against a backup quarterback, you should win that game, especially week one when you're at home and you have a swarming defense. Like Brissett has started in Indianapolis for a full season. He started in New England. He's had his moments. He gains respect in every locker room he goes to. I don't care. This is a game that Carolina should win. This is a game the Carolina Panthers, really, if they want to be a playoff team, they can't lose. There's better teams in the AFC North that they're going to face. Pittsburgh, who knows what they're going to look like by the time the Panthers play them in December. Whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, but the Steelers are never terrible against or when, as long, not against Carolina, but since Mike Tomlin's there. They're never a bad team. So that's going to be a competitive game at home with a bunch of terrible towels waving around Bank of America Stadium. Cincinnati on the road. I don't imagine the Bengals are going to get any worse. Lamar Jackson, he ain't going anywhere. He's going to be there in Baltimore. He's not going to hold out this season. On the road, MNC Bank Stadium, that's not going to be easy against the Ravens. Then looking at the AFC West, the Rams on the road, not going to be easy. San Francisco, not easy. Arizona, no new Hopkins. Panthers have dominated them, but still, that is a playoff team from a year ago. Panthers got a less play schedule. That helps. CNFL, though, any given Sunday, we, oh, we all know that, but you got to show up ready to play. Is looking at the opportunity that's ahead of them early on this season. Like week one, backup quarterback at home, you got to win that game against Cleveland. At New York against the Giants, first year head coach Brian Dayball, they're going to have to, it's going to take a while for the Giants to turn over that roster and to truly be a competitive team in the NFL. Daniel Jones, God love him. Charlotte kid, are you concerned about Daniel Jones? We weren't concerned about him last year, and it was one of the most embarrassing losses out we've seen the Carolina Panthers have in their 27 seasons of football in the National Football League. That is a game that the Carolina Panthers, like last year, should go up there and win. Quarterback situation, far better. They should beat the Giants. And in New Orleans, Peter King apparently, and, and someone asked me on Friday in a weekly Friday mailback, at me or DM me at Julian Counts to participate on Twitter. Um, someone asked me, are we overlooking New Orleans? A- apparently I have. I still think the Saints can be a playoff team. They would have been last year had Jimmy Garoppolo not brought back the 49ers in that fourth quarter against the Rams or had Jameis Winston just stayed healthy last season. That's playoff team. They've only gotten better at wide receiver. Michael Thomas is coming back. We'll see what he looks like after two injury-riddled seasons, and that's kind of the same look as far as Christian McCaffrey. But at least Christian's, like, played. Like, Thomas has not been out there, period. Chris Olave was excellent at Ohio State. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Then Jarvis Juice Landry. He's back home 
as well. So the Saints aren't going to be a bad team. Peter King, in his Football Morning in America column on Monday morning, said that he thinks that the Saints are going to be the number one seed in the NFC. He doesn't have them going to the Super Bowl. He has Green Bay going to the Super Bowl, which we'll see how that works out. It hasn't worked out the last couple seasons. But uh, he has New Orleans being the number one seed. So maybe New Orleans is that good. I don't know. I still kind of believe in Jameis. That defense should be good, even if they lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson, which was an intriguing move to trade him to Philadelphia for basically peanuts. Good deal for the Eagles. I mean, they're not going to be an easy out, but at home – as I told y'all, like four and two at the least is what this team, in my opinion, should be heading to year three against these NFC South opponents. Split with Tampa, split with New Orleans, and sweep the Falcons. Get it done. But that's there's an excellent chance to start off three and zero. Then Arizona is a team that you dominated. We don't know how good Trey Lance is going to be. And I mean, going back to Arizona first though, like Kyler Murray, his first half of the year splits compared to second half of the year splits. Like, he's much better in the first half of the year. Is it because he's small in stature? Is it that teams figure him out? I don't know what it is. Because he does kind of get banged up later on in the season with his running ability and just being kind of a smaller guy. So, are we going to see good Kyler Murray? But also, you look at the splits with him, with and without DeAndre Hopkins, it's pretty jarring. And I think Carolina has the advantage in that game again at home. I'm not talking about they're going to start off 4-0. But, man, if they're sitting at 4-1, and after the first five weeks with Cleveland at New York, home against New Orleans, home against Arizona, again, home against San Francisco with Trey Lance, who it's going to take time. And it's interesting to me that Kyle Shanahan, apparently, according to all reports, wanted Brady and Mac Jones. He didn't want Trey Lance. He had to be talked out. Um, he had to be talked into it multiple times, bringing him in there. I, I'm curious to see what it looks like. Like, do they ever go back to Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think they go back to Jimmy in week five. But early on against really what's effectively a rookie quarterback, the Panthers just made those guys look like complete chumps a year ago. Mills and Zach Wilson, which you got them in week one and three. So early on in their careers, and Mills wasn't groomed to be the starting quarterback there in Houston. Like it was day one, it was going to be for Zach Wilson, who didn't look good in that game. I just look at it, the Panthers have an opportunity to start the season and to really get on the front foot. And it starts on Sunday. Like Baker, I'm expecting him to be excellent. My only hope is he does not get too emotional. Like, no penalties. <laughs> There's going to be the trash talk. I know it's coming. Just – and I'm not I'm not too concerned, really. After watching how he used to light up TCU and Texas Tech, two schools and coaches that he felt like he was slighted by Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech and Gary Patterson formerly at TCU. I'm expecting him to ball the hell out. The defense, we'll see it. Maybe we'll see them stop the run. I don't know. They have an opportunity to really show early on that they're going to be a different kind of unit against the run this upcoming season. Like That is what I'm hoping to learn the most come Sunday. But we have all week to break it down here on the show. So, again, make sure to check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Check us out wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. We're on Friday. I'll be back answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter to participate in that. The rest of the weekly schedule, I'm sure we'll hear from Matt Rule at some point in time. Break down that, the expectations going into the game, what he's thinking. We'll hear from the coordinators at some point this week. I think that's going to be on Thursdays. Rule speak to the media again on, on Friday. But on, as far as show-wise, typically Mondays will be re- reacting to the game. That podcast will come out on Sunday nights. It'll be right there for you on Monday morning as well. Tuesdays will be our day after. You'll hear from Matt. We have heard, excuse me, from Matt Rule on Monday. 
still reacting. Wednesdays, wide open. Might start doing the breakdown of the team that we're going to play that upcoming seat that week. Maybe get a guest on. Thursday is going to be crossover Thursday. So this week I'll speak to the host of Locked On Browns. And on Fridays, as usual, is the weekly Friday mailbag. I have thought about potentially moving that to Wednesday instead of Friday. So please let me know. Tweet at me. Let me know if you think it makes more sense to do mailbag on Wednesday and maybe have just the all-out breakdown on Friday, even though Thursday is kind of like that anyways with the crossover. So that's what we got coming up the rest of the week on Locked on Panthers. Also going to have an NFC South breakdown later on this week. Me and Ross Jackson, who's those of Locked on Saints. Uh, going to have David Fre- Aaron Freeman, excuse me, Locked on Falcons host, and then one of the guys from the Bucks. They have like two of them. Not quite sure who's going to be on it, but check out that NFC South breakdown. Going to have that recorded tonight, and then that will be coming out, I think, on Wednesday of this week. So a full jam-packed week of Lockdown Panthers and everything going on at the Lockdown Podcast Network as football is finally back. Thank you for bearing with me as did not get this to you until Monday afternoon. Going to get all the shows out there. Just be patient. Going to get them out there. Going to have a great week. Pumped up Panthers, Browns coming up later on this week. In the meantime, though, take care. Be happy, be safe. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.